Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, like us. We're part of the Empire Media Network. Today, I'm joined by Florida football coach Billy Napier as we discuss Washington's fourth-round pick, safety Percy Butler, who played for Napier at Louisiana. Napier also coached one of Washington's undrafted free agents, linebacker Farad Gardner, so he's going to give us insight on both those players, focusing a ton, of course, on Butler. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Wednesday taking a look at four key players who can make the difference this season. A lot of talk about the draft picks and do they have that major impact player? Well, maybe not. I think it's a solid class, but the real high ceiling guys are already on the roster. The guys who can lift this franchise from seven wins to 10, could they get to 11? If everything breaks right, we'll see. But those four players should be obvious. Quarterback Carson Wentz, One reason for him, look at the last four years of Washington's total QBR and ESPN metric measuring quarterback play. So it's a rating of 100. Washington has finished dead last in the combined four years, and they've thrown a 32nd ranked, or excuse me, NFL worst, I should say, 71 touchdowns in that span. So they've been dreadful at quarterback, as you well know. Carson Wentz is better than what they've had. Last year, for example, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. I know there were some issues in Indy. We all know that. All his flaws have been picked apart. We know all that. But Taylor Heineke, and and Wentz was the ninth-ranked quarterback in total QBR. Taylor Heineke, 23rd-ranked total QBR, 20 touchdown passes, 15 picks. So the last time Washington had a quarterback in the top 10 in total QBR, Kirk Cousins in 2016. So it's been, a, it's been a minute. And so that's why Wentz, if he plays well, they put weapons around him, then this team takes a jump. The other player, Chase Young. Look at what he did the second half of his rookie year. The last seven games for four sacks, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown. Last year, one and a half sacks. I think it was like two fumble, two forced fumbles. Not the impact everybody hoped. A lot of it had to do with his style of pass rush. I think there was there were some other issues up front for the entire line, but just for Young, he needs to get back to rushing in a violent fashion. So last year, a lot of stutter steps that we've hashed that, rehashed that, but it makes a difference on his rush. When you go watch him and you watch him take a couple steps and then start to stutter step, watch his hands, not violent. He's not knocking guys aside. When he just goes, He's violent with his hands. That's his style of rushing. That's what they want him to get back to. So if he gets back there, this defense takes a jump. The next guy, receiver Curtis Samuel, can line up all over. Listen, the guy can play. We just haven't seen him play here. He needs to stay healthy. If he does, what you get is a versatile receiver, somebody who can attack down the field. His his average yards per catch is around 11 for his career, so it suggests he's more of an underneath guy. He's a guy that can get you, catch a ball at the line of scrimmage, get you 10 yards. That's what he'll be really good at. But Scott Turner really likes him going down the field, but they can line him up out of the backfield, create mismatches. So that takes some of the pressure off Jahan Dotson. I think Dotson will help, but I think Samuel's rise will play a big 
will, if he's healthy, will make a big difference because of his versatility. And, and that will be a welcome thing for them. And then the last guy is linebacker Jamin Davis. Again, should be obvious. Cole Holcomb, and I, let, let me just back up for a minute with, with Samuel. If Logan Thomas is healthy, we know he's going to be good. We haven't seen what Samuel can do here. Saw what he could do in Carolina. So that's why I didn't put Logan Thomas on there. Samuel, we haven't seen. So the opportunity for improvement lies as much with Samuel um, as anybody else. And then a healthy Thomas, of course. Jamin Davis. So Cole Holcomb, they really liked how he progressed. So I, you know, I think they can feel pretty good about where he's going to be this year, whether it's inside or outside, whatever he's playing, they feel good about what he's done. Jamin Davis has to take a step. I did think there was progress last year, and then sometimes there was up and down, right? So he's got the, but the reason I put him on here is because you look at the frame, the size, the athleticism he has, the ability to play coverage and to impact a game with his speed needs to happen. So if he can get to a certain level, that helps his defense take another step. And it, allow, it also kind of quiets the angst about the linebacker position. Still need more help there, no doubt. But you're not going to find a guy with Davis's measurables on the market right now. You weren't going to, There was nobody in the draft that they were going to take because they already had him at that position in the first round who has those measurables. So that's why if he, if he can take a step then that then this defense takes another step. And same with Cole Holcomb, but Davis's ceiling is higher just because of what the measurables are. Now, it takes more than measurables, and that's what Davis has to prove. So those are the four guys I talked about. You can read more about it in depth on ESPN.com. The other thing I want to discuss before I get to my conversation with Billy Napier is James Bradbury, the corner that the Giants released, a guy that Washington staff knows well because they coached him in Carolina. Don't look for him to sign here as of right now. What, what I would hear and what, I, what I've heard is, yes, they'd have interest in him, but it's really about the money. Do they think they have the salary cap room to go get him? Well, yeah, they have the cap room, but the, here's the problem for them. They're trying to sign guys they have on the roster already, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, they'd still like to try and keep Deron Payne if possible. You know, they, Cole Holcomb, I just brought up, he's also going to be a free agent after the year. So you're going to want to save some money for those guys, which is why I don't think, which was why right now, unless, unless Bradbury's price comes way down, I wouldn't expect them to be in that position to go sign him. So I think, you know, and the other, the other thing with Bradbury, to me, it would be an odd pairing with him and William Jackson at corner because Jackson is really good as a man corner. I struggled, still, was still gaining a comfort level in zone when he got hurt last year. Bradbury's kind of the, Bradbury is the opposite. He's much more comfortable in zone, this zone in particular that Washington has played because he's familiar with, but he's not as good in man. So what do you do with those two? And, and you ideally like to get guys who have, whose strengths can mirror one another's because then you can play, you can really mix and match a lot better. Whereas if you have one who's really good in one way and one who's really good in the other I think it makes a tough match um, anyway but it's really more about I think the money for them as as anything anyway that's it from me folks after this break I'll be back with Florida coach Billy Napier as we talk Washington's fourth round pick safety Percy Butler and why he might make an impact in his rookie year Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with Florida coach Billy Napier. We're talking Percy Butler. Coach, I appreciate you joining me. And 
One of the guys that I know people here are excited about, and I've talked to other people, is Percy Butler. That's your guy. What can you tell us about what Washington is getting in him? Well, I mean, first of all, Percy checks all the boxes when it comes to height, length, verified speed. Um, he can play in the post. He can play man-to-man. Uh, -man. He's a um, really good tackler. Uh, and one of the things that scouts really expressed to me is that he is an incredible special teams player, right? So that was phenomenal production on special teams, really took great pride in that role. Uh, but Percy, you know, is a, is a really bright young man. You know, he's from Plaquemine, Louisiana, uh, was part of the magnet program there and uh, just really a tough individual, man. He showed numerous times throughout his career, his, uh, toughness is competitive spirit um guy that's going to do things with class um you know he'll be a great professional for sure how did he show that toughness what ways yeah i mean so uh we we found out early uh in percy's freshman year that he had a torn labrum right at mm -hmm. some point there early in training camp uh and you know he he had enough stability and strength to continue to play throughout the year uh, but during that freshman year, I mean, he earned everyone's respect just as a competitor, continued to play. Uh, I think we fixed his shoulder after the season was over that year. But, you know, just, I mean, overall, I think when you cover kicks, you know, when you're a gunner, when you're a kickoff cover guy, there's a certain level mentality, toughness, effort that comes with that. Uh, but I think mo most importantly here, just his consistency as a person, you know, always embraced the work, was a phenomenal practice player. You know, I think overall, his just ability to be a professional, to work through the ups and downs of his career, showed not only physical toughness as a player, uh, but also I think mental toughness from a discipline and consistency standpoint. When he has that torn labrum or whatever, however severe it was, does he say something to you or do you guys go to him saying, hey, is something wrong? Like, did he even bring it up? Yeah, it actually happened uh, in the summer. You know, you sometimes you guy gets his shoulder banged up, you uncover some things there. You know, this is a common deal, you know, right? I mean, right. I think there's, there's lots of players that have been through this process in the past. But you know, I think during that season in particular, I just remember specific plays. I mean, there was a play, I think we're playing Troy. Uh, and this guy's running down on the kickoff. And, you know, we all knew and understood that he was banged up, but he continued to go. So, yeah, I mean, just overall here, the character and the makeup of the of Percy as a person is, is uh, you know, he, he affected the entire culture there with his approach. When With that toughness, because first of all, the funny thing is you don't see many guys who have highlight films of their special teams hits. You don't see that often. He's got highlight films devoted just to that. But where do you think that toughness comes from? Because you, if you're, you clearly know him pretty well, but where does that toughness come from? Have you been to Plaquemine, Louisiana? I have, but I know Brian Mitchell very well. Brian Mitchell's really tough too. So yeah, it must be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that just, you know, Percy's a, a product of a lot of hard work. You know, he's earned that toughness, right? He's developed that toughness. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. It was overlooked coming out of high school. You know, always kind of viewed himself as an underdog to some degree. And he worked that way, you know. So I don't think toughness is something you're just born with. I mean, I think right. he was 
a product of a, a really good high school program, uh, one that, you know, is about the right things. He's from a part of the country where uh, he appreciates any and everything that he has, the opportunity, you know, that he has in front of him. So you're going to get Percy's very best every day. Um, I can't compliment him enough. From scrimmage, as a player, he's got that speed. Where do you? How do you see him fitting? I know they're going to have their own plan for him. They kind of view him almost possibly in their nickel package as like a bigger safety who can cover up against tight ends, also with the speed to play back. So, you know, where do you see his strengths as a player from scrimmage? You know, Percy's a well-rounded player. I don't, I don't necessarily think that he has a weakness. The guy can play in the half. He can play in the post. He's got range. He's got ball skills. Uh, to make a play on the ball and given an opportunity. I think he's really uh, developed in his man-to-man, his ability to cover the slot. He did that for us quite a bit to the boundary. And I think he's a good tackler, and I think he's got instincts as a blitzer, right? So uh, he played dime for us. Uh, he played in the box. He played in the half in the post. Uh, he played man-to-man, and he's got fantastic special teams tape. So – I mean, there's a reason why he was a fourth-round pick. You know, I, I'm, I think he brings a lot to the table, you know. And, um, you know, most importantly uh, is his attitude and personality and his consistency as a competitor and as a person. When a guy hits like that, it, there's an infectiousness that develops, right? It's an energy that comes with that. What was the impact of some of those hits? Well, even if it's on the, as a gunner or from on defense, what were the impact of those kind of hits? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that those are big plays in the game. Certainly, anytime there's a physical play in the game, there's momentum that comes with that. And Percy was an explosive player. I think more importantly to me uh, was Percy's mentality and attitude towards practice. I mean, he was a physical player in practice, phenomenal competitor. Uh, just his approach to practice, his practice habits, you know, he developed um, – you know, while he was at Louisiana. I mean, this was a guy that didn't have Power 5 offers. He was a member of our first signing class. Um, we felt very overlooked and underappreciated uh, and a guy that really bought into the development process. Uh, Patrick Tony uh, was his safeties coach all four years and did a phenomenal job developing him fundamentally, but also uh, – I think Percy's got a really high football IQ right. uh, and all the things he learned at Louisiana, I think will transition over well to the next level. So you're, you're talking about a guy that has height, length and speed. He's fundamentally sound. And I think that he's got, he really increased his knowledge while he was at Louisiana as a player. And I think, you know, most importantly, he's got character and a very consistent person that you can depend on. He's a foxhole guy, right? He's a guy that you, you know, want on your team and in your, in your locker room. Well, you brought up Patrick Tony. I was going to ask you about that because I've seen how he has credited him with helping him develop mentally. How did that come about? Was it extra film study? Was it, you know, what was it? How did Patrick help him? And how did you see Percy grasping that and how quickly? You know, we, we had a lot of different ways um, that we try to improve the football IQ of our team individual players, position groups, the units. Um, you know, we have a, a phrase that we use called a, being a four-dimensional player, right? So not only do you – first dimension would be what you know, you know what you're supposed to do. 
Second dimension, you know what all the players in your position group are supposed to do. Third dimension is you know all 11 on offense or defense. And then the fourth dimension, which is very rare, is you fully understand your side of the ball, but you also have a great grasp on what the other side of the ball is doing. You can speak a language, you're fluent, you can have an educated conversation and discussion. Uh, it helps uh, with in-game adjustments. It helps in a short week, you know, in terms of scouting report and film study. Uh, we have a year-round plan to try to improve the players there. Percy was the absolute example and standard in terms of his approach to those things. And Patrick Tony is a phenomenal teacher, you know, extremely intelligent and a phenomenal teacher. So, you know, th those guys worked hard together, and I'm confident Hershey's well-prepared, and certainly Patrick is, is one of the best in the entire country. There are a lot of guys who have good speed, who aren't great gunners, and there's more to it than just being able to run down and hit. Why is he such a good gunner? Well, I think he, he – uh, gunner is obviously – Speed's an important part of that, sure. but I do think, um, you know, you got to have a release plan, right? There's got to be some understanding of the concept that's called the direction of the punt. What's the strategy relative to the field zone? What kind of leverage are you getting from the jammer? And then just mastering the craft, right? The basic fundamentals at the line of scrim scrimmage, try to win at the line, and then you've got to win post-release on the second level. Uh, and then just overall good approach, good instincts and angles relative to get the, the returner on the ground. So, you know, we had a phenomenal punter as well. So, yeah. you know, you pair a good punter with a good gunner, you know, you could cover kicks. And if you want to have a good football team, you got to cover kicks. He, he also, Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I apologize. But he also said that he used to talk to the punter and kind of like, maybe game plan just by talking to him and understanding where the ball was going. Is that part of it too? Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing, one of the things too, and he's a fourth round pick and he's coming from a smaller school. So you know how this draft process is. They're going to pick at things. You'd see like he had the big hits, but then sometimes there were some missed arm tackles. Is that, was that a fair criticism? Is that something he had to work on or what do you think? Uh, I don't, I don't think there's any players out there that you're, you're going to, that are perfect. I mean, correct. Um, and I think that this is a developmental game. These are, you know, uh, we all make mistakes. And uh, certainly every football player every week makes mistakes, right? So, um, you know, like any player, whether they're drafted in the first round or they're a free agent, I mean, you, you can create a real place where they could improve. But I, I think that it's about the body of the work, right? Uh, and I think that Percy's got a phenomenal body of work, right? I mean, you know, Percy will continue to develop. I mean, the guy has a high ceiling relative to his height, length, and speed and overall movement. He's got a great foundation. And, you know, I'm confident Percy will play a while. You know, I think he's uh, he's that kind of person and that type of football player. Well, he like you said, he went from a two-star recruit to a fourth-round draft pick. He's doing something right. One thing I would tell you about Percy Butler, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks about him. Okay? <laughs> I, can, I can promise you that, right? He's going to – the proof's in the pudding. And uh, turn on the tape, okay? And, uh, you know, I think actions speak a lot louder than words, and Percy's actions are pretty impressive. I think that's that plaque mine background. That's how Brian Mitchell was, too. I did want to ask you about, because they also signed an undrafted free agent, 
I don't know if it's Farad or Farad Gardner, who you also coach in Farad. Farad. So what is what are they getting in him? Yeah, I think Farad's a Farad's a sub backer. You know, Farad is a, you know he's six foot and a half. He's probably two hundred and ten pounds, so a little bit undersized, but has room to grow. Farad's a fast player. He's a loose hip player. Uh, he can play in space. He's good in coverage. Uh, Farad's a very intelligent young man, right? I mean, extremely bright. He's a great communicator. And I think Farad is a four-course special teams player, right? So I think there's a lot of jobs that he can do on special teams because he can run, he can change direction. Uh, and he's a very productive player for us, right? So I think Farad's a sleeper, you know, and uh, he grew up a lot as a human being, as a person. And uh, he was voted team captain uh, by his teammates, and a guy that I have the utmost respect for. So, you know, I, I think fraud is a – I'm predicting that fraud makes a team, I think, in, and it's going to come down to his ability to play in pass coverage and be a matchup linebacker, a sub-linebacker, and a guy that really has a great uh, tool set, uh, toolbox and skill set for special teams. Did you think he might get drafted? I thought there was an outside chance, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think that sometimes – People could argue that being a free agent is better than getting drafted in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. Get to so, your team. You know, reality is uh, it doesn't matter where you get drafted or whether you're an undrafted free agent. They're going to pay the guy that can do the job, right? So, uh, you know, the, the true work begins, I think, uh, tomorrow, right? I think those guys are for rookie minicamp tomorrow. And uh, may the best man win, right? And I'll tell you one thing, these two guys – I uh, wouldn't bet against them. Coach, I appreciate your time. And it, I, I always like the nickname Raging Cajun. So you get guys who have played for a Raging Cajun, you probably got something there that will be fun. So I appreciate your time and good luck this season down in Florida. Okay, John. Thank you, man. Have a Thank good day. You. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Florida coach Billy Napier for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. Like I always say, you have a choice, and I appreciate you choosing me. I'll be back with another episode on Friday, talking to Alabama beat reporter Mike Rodak about two of the Crimson Tide players Washington drafted this year, defensive tackle Fedarian Mathis and running back Brian Robinson. Rodak covered them, knows them well, good insight. I'll talk to you next time.